Today, I want to talk about the stories that Jesus told, specifically the versions and their written accounts in the book of Mark. Jesus' stories or parables pop up every time he went to teach people. But why? Was there a deeper meaning or something hidden that we can look at? Or maybe it's just as plain and simple as each story looked. There was a method to his madness. And so let's look at this and find some clarity together. In the book of Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 9. And he said, let anyone with ears to hear listen. When he was alone, those who were around him, along with the twelve, asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything comes in parables, in order that they may indeed look but not perceive, and may indeed listen but not understand, so that they may not turn again and be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand all parables? Jesus then goes on to talk about the parable we read last week giving some insights, but I want to jump over that verse and head right to verse 33. Now keep in mind between verse 14 and 33, there are a few more parables that Jesus shares, and we'll touch on those in the weeks to come, Um, or you can also just keep reading through them and see how today's teaching applies to them as well. But in verse 33, it goes on to say, With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. And he did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. When was the first time, or maybe the last time, literature came alive to you? Maybe for you, it was a book you couldn't put down. You read through the first one and ended up binge reading an entire series because the story was so compelling that you couldn't stop. Okay, I get it. Not all of you love reading. If you aren't a big reader, then let's talk about a great story you've heard or a movie that grabbed your attention. Or maybe it was a show you binge watched all 12 seasons in a single week. You couldn't stop yourself. You had to find out What was happening next? There are three elements needed for a great story to really take off. The first one is the delivery. A creative filmmaker, a creative novelist, a podcaster that knows the right questions to ask of a guest to get the story to come alive. What about a satirical news outlet that makes you question reality? All of these have delivery down to a science. They know the words to create a mood and solicit a response. A response that was predetermined that comes from deep within the listener's emotions. I bet you don't even realize that this happens to you more often than not. What about a great preacher? Okay, I love sermons. I love studying them and learning from great wordsmiths and communicators of the gospel. You take a guy like Judas Smith or Stephen Furtick, 
Look, these guys can preach the alphabet, close in prayer, and fill the altar with people that want to give their lives to Jesus because delivery is so important. What about the second thing you need to make something come alive? Content. Content is that thing that you need for a great story to really take off. The material has to be something worth absorbing. No amount of hype can make up for boring. There is this crime novelist I've been reading for quite a few years. She's written four amazing books. Each one is better than the last, and it follows this brilliant storyline that makes you feel like you are in the very life of the detective in the story. There are twists and turns, and it's just brilliant. Her last novel came out last summer, and I pre-ordered it and waited, and as soon as it was released, it was shipped to my house. I couldn't wait. I dove into that thing like I was starving for my next meal. All of the hype around this groundbreaking novel didn't match the actual paper and ink sitting in front of me. I made it a quarter of the way through, and I just couldn't keep going. It now has a place on the bookshelf beside my bed that I will take down if I can't sleep. The shelf of books that couldn't hold my interest. Jesus, though... So he had this ancient recipe of communication success mixed with content that would go on to change the world. People came from far and wide to hear him share some good news for their souls. Let's put the crowds that followed Jesus into perspective. In the region of Galilee, which was a pretty big area that stretched from the bottom of Lebanon to beyond Nazareth, This is where Jesus preached. It would be a little more than the distance between Brandon and Winnipeg. Now, Jesus' home, where these stories we're reading took place, was about 1,500 people at the time. It was called Capernaum. Now, it's right on the edge of the Sea of Galilee. And the Bible tells us that four and 5,000 people would gather to hear him teach. And he would have to multiply fish in order to keep them from passing out. This is a huge crowd for the area and town of this size. Jesus had a megachurch following. His delivery and content would draw a crowd. Jesus was unique, and for when anybody paying attention and analyzing his preaching style, you will realize that he is breaking all the rules of day one Bible college. He is just telling stories. He isn't chapter and versing to back up the gospel concepts with three amazing points that all spell out the word love in an acrostic. Look, if a guest speaker preached like Jesus, um, he probably wouldn't get invited back. So Jesus uses parables. A parable is defined as a simple short story. Now, these are great to highlight a point, But to make the situation worse, he only spoke to the congregation who would gather in this context in parables. That's it. Stories. He was a storyteller. Now, why is this important? We do see some hints as to why this is happening. In John 4.35, Jesus is in a field and starts into this story about fields being ripe for harvest, talking about the kingdom of God. He was brilliant. He used what was at hand to illustrate a truth to whoever was listening. 
These short stories had multiple layers, though. As we are removed by over 2,000 years, a different part of the world and a culture most of us do not understand, there are things we're not going to pick up on easily. Two of the major themes that we see coming up over and over again focus on the kingdom of God and how things were changing for Jerusalem in a spiritual context as well as the people of Israel. So with the kingdom of God, something supernatural was happening every time he would speak because it was essentially inaugurating or announcing change simultaneously. As he was describing his kingdom of reign, it was being established. The second part was that of change for God's chosen people. He added clarity and spoke concisely about the things of the past that were now coming to fulfillment. Two examples that scholars point out are Isaiah 6 as well as the apocalyptic themes of Daniel 2. Now, Jesus was making connections to those who could grasp the depth and for those that couldn't. The good news on repeat is important because eventually it will sink in. Do you remember the saying I've used a few times that the Bible wasn't written about you? It wasn't written to you but it was written for you. Well, in this case, as much as Jesus was speaking to the people in attendance and the authors wrote it down for their friends and for memory, it was also written for us because we're a part of the whole creation narrative. From Genesis to today, we are here and we are somewhere as a speck on this giant timeline as onlookers who get to share in Jesus' teachings and the beauty of his message. This kind of brings us to the third thing you need in any great story. Remember, there are three, and we've only covered delivery and content. The final thing is actually the audience. Audience is everything. Verse 12 brings up the audience part in Jesus' use of parables. Some will look and not perceive. Some will listen and not understand. Even back in verse 9, Jesus says, let those with ears hear. Not everyone who hears the good news, who hears the message of heart change, who hears a message of a bright future is going to be able to grasp, absorb, or even wrap their minds around the concepts. Not everyone is going to get it. Sometimes even people of faith, people who have been following Jesus' teachings for years, try to find an oppression to link on to, try to find a conspiracy to be a part of, or even just find a way to see the worst in people. But there's a better way. There's hope. Now, now think about Revelation chapter 3. Jesus uses the same line in John's vision while talking about the church in Sardis. He says, let anyone with ears to hear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. This was a real church in Sardis, a powerful church, huge influence. They looked great on paper, a church that people loved to attend. But Jesus said, 
I hope you have ears to hear what I'm saying to you guys. Remember, Jesus' message never really changes. He came to give life. He came to destroy the works of the devil. And he came to change everything. Simple messages on repeat. That's a parable. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, a lamp, a growing seed. Jesus made words visible to the listener's heart. He was going deep in content and wide in reach at the same time. With these stories, he addressed deep issues of religion, culture, nationalism, the future, and the present. He crafted these stories in such a way that everyone could walk away hearing something different while being unified inside his same gospel. I remember asking a friend once why their, why their church focused the way it did. They focused on the way things looked, the way things felt, the way things sounded, and the culture of their church. To me, it was to such an extent that it was overkill, and to my naive brain, it looked unspiritual. His response was simple and profound. He said, because you can't disciple an empty chair. Jesus was the same way in his teaching style. He wanted to reach beyond those already engaged. He wanted to find the uninitiated and bring them in. Jesus' stories were simple and on repeat. Did you know that it takes seven times to actually hear something? The first six times you only absorb pieces of the information. But around that seventh time, things become clear and memorable. This is why good pastors always bring it back to Jesus, because we need Jesus on repeat. At CT, we want you to have aha moments, where all of a sudden you have ears to hear what Jesus is still speaking through scripture that day. It might be a message preached seven different ways throughout the year, but we know that there is an aha moment coming every time we open scripture and talk about Jesus. Jesus took old school biblical thought and principle and he made it make sense. He embraced a paradigm shift in his communication style. He dropped the opulence of the temple and traded it in for a hill. He spoke in stories instead of reciting long sections of scripture. In a nutshell, Jesus came to where his friends needed him. He wanted to fill that empty seat with someone that needed a fresh word of hope and of a future. For today, I want to tell you that Jesus is still speaking deep truth in simple ways. He is doing this to you and through you. I pray that you have ears to hear that you are loved. Ears to hear that God looks at you and smiles. Ears to hear that everything you have come through in your life, that you are going to make it. Once that truth gets inside us, it starts to appear in the craziest places. And this is always the test. It is in how we represent our faith to the world around us. When people look at you, do you radiate hope? Or do you need to put on your ears to hear a little bit longer? 
If I checked your Facebook for the last six months of posts, do you radiate hope or do you need to try and hear a little bit longer? If I stopped in at work, would I be taken back by what I heard and saw or blown away by the drama you create? Or would I see someone changing their environment? Look, I am convinced that the longer we spend with Jesus, the deeper the life change will be, and it will be evident in how we influence the world around us. You cannot fake authenticity. We all need ears to hear the good news of Jesus. And so today, if you have never accepted the good news of a great God before, I want to pray for you that something shifts today and something changes. Lord God, I thank you for everyone watching this or even just listening to this today. And I pray, Father, that you would give us ears to hear what you have to say to us, ears to hear that you love us, ears to hear that you have a better way, ears to hear that you are in control. God, we thank you for everything you've done for us, for how you've protected us, for how you love us. And we can't wait to grow deeper in our relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen.